Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 153 of On the Flank. I'm on your host, John George, alongside Joe Kirkpatrick. Say hello, Joe. Hey, everybody. And Joe, another week, another set of team previews, and another week closer to the Overwatch 2 beta, which is so exciting. It is, it is right around the corner here. Nuts, Joe. A week away, right? Basically, what what day is it again? April twenty sixth. Yeah, the yeah twenty sixth. So a week from tomorrow, as we're recording this. Ugh, man, uh, crazy to me that next week we're gonna know a lot more about this game and actually see people play it. And uh, maybe one or both of us. Who knows? Yeah, <laughs> could be either of us. I hope so. Um, but yeah, we got we got more news on Overwatch two, and we officially got, I guess the. The announcement of Sojourn officially and all her um, abilities and stuff like that, as well as like a little origin story video, a developer update on it, and a developer stream about it um, this last week, which it, it looks she looks absolutely awesome. She has a railgun, she has a slow ability, um, and her railgun sort of, when she does damage, it charges up for a secondary fire, which is a I think it's a piercing shot, maybe, mm-hmm. which is really cool. It seems like she's a very high skill hero, and her ultimate basically, I think it's called overclock. It it basically just makes it so that secondary shot charges super fast um, for for a set period of time. Obviously, uh, so her her ultimate looks like it could be a big pop off moment as well. Um, am I missing an ability? I feel like I'm missing an ability, Jeff. What's the other ability? Uh, the the slide jump uh, yes. thing. Slide jump. She can slide. I forget what it's called. Yeah, I don't know what it's called either. But she can slide and then jump up. Um, which looks really cool as well. Um, but yeah, I think we're all we've all we've known about Sojourn for I feel like a very long time at this point, Joe. I don't know how long we've known about Sojourn, but this we finally get the official overview of what this hero does. Uh, what what are your thoughts on on Sojourn, Joe? Are you excited to play? Do you th- do you think you'll be a Sojourn main? I don't know. That's a good question. Um, uh, from what I understand, the this movement movement ability is kind of similar to what they have in uh, Apex Legends a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't I don't play much Apex, but if you do, uh, that may be a a draw to to this character. Um, um, but yeah, we we've heard little bits and pieces from her. Um, here and there in the lore uh notably she was like the announcer person for the uh archives storm rising event um that happened on havana she was like the the lore person in charge of that uh, overwatch mission or whatever um um but yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be super good obviously the first of of many heroes that we're gonna see um they did a um sort of introductory stream uh, over the past week uh, that had some uh, community members as well as uh, Jeff and um, maybe somebody else from the team, I forget. Yeah, I forget, um, I forget his name, but yeah, there's one other person. Um, doing doing sort of introductory, you know, Q&A kind of stream um, that I don't think had any gameplay on it, but then later they also released a uh, developer update video, uh, again with Jeff and one of the... Um, one of the lore people um, from the Overwatch team, I forget her name, but um, th- that included some gameplay and, and you know, more more uh, in-depth explanation, a little bit of the, the abilities and stuff, but yeah, so it's clearly there. Um, 
it, it is very clear they're they're excited to to um, put out Sojourn for us and and like you said, it's just over a week. Uh, some amount of people are gonna gonna have access. <laughs> yeah. Um, the developer update was Jeff Goodman and Miranda Moyer, narrative designer. There you go. Um, but yeah, it's, and that was the first developer update update, I guess, without the lead the lead person, I guess. Because um, yeah, uh, yeah, if these were two two other workers here at Blizzard, obviously, yeah, and then. It was a cool developer update. A lot of people upset about the stream because, um, I, I don't know, people thought they were promised gameplay. They weren't really promised gameplay, but the, the entire stream was, I will say, an hour of, of, of them talking about um, about Sojourn being the first uh, African female character in the game, which is awesome for sure. But I think a lot of people were upset because they literally did spend 60 minutes just talking about that, which... I think a lot of people were a little restless there, like, give me some gameplay. They swooped in and gave us a developer update the next day, which I think definitely saved the day. Because that's what people wanted. <laughs> this is the, the developer update was exactly what people wanted. They got it. Um, yeah, that was great. Um, so, yeah, Sojourn, exciting. Coming, obviously, to Overwatch 2 beta very soon. And they've... They've there have been like small tidbits and stuff about other things they mentioned. I think it was in the live stream they mentioned that she's the first character built in the Overwatch Two engine that they're going to have to hmm. go back and put into the Overwatch One engine for people who don't make the upgrade. Um, or interesting. Whatever. So, yeah, very interesting. That's another thing I completely forgot that that some people will still just be able to play Overwatch One if they want. So. And have Sojourn there. So I wonder if they will release it, release her in Overwatch 1 alongside the Overwatch 2 beta. That'll be interesting to see, I guess. Yeah, that's true. Or, or what's the plan is for that exactly. Yeah, they haven't they haven't exactly said. So uh, I guess we'll we'll find out at a later date, later time. Um, but yeah, as far as... Oh, also, I wanted to mention the narrative stuff, which the origin story doesn't go into her, like too deeply um they sort of dropped the little narrative tidbits throughout the stream and developer update uh, but this that also made me realize like oh they don't want to they they don't want to spoil things joe not only for like usually they do comics or they do uh cinematics which they have confirmed there will be a cinematic for sojourn as well but they also don't want to spoil things because overwatch 2 is a spoilable game joe it is a narrative game so there'll be like relevant things yeah yeah that just made me realize like oh they don't want to spoil the actual game that we're going to be able to play um that has story that sojourn apparently is going to be a big part of for sure um i mean i remember when we saw gameplay of like the story parts she was involved and she was in it throughout so uh, i would imagine she has a pretty big role in it um so yeah that's also exciting um so I mean they couldn't they couldn't reveal much, but it's because they don't want to spoil the game. Um, all right, that's that's, that's it. For... Something we haven't. Oh, go ahead. Uh, it's just, just I was just gonna say it's something we haven't thought about for for Overwatch really. Exactly. Um. So yeah, that's uh, it's something we'll have to get used to. I assume as you know more more of these teasers come out and more heroes and all this kind of stuff. Um, 
that'll only get more prevalent probably yeah exactly we've in the past they've been able to be like i get lay out the entire thing basically sigma all these other heroes that have come out they could lay out the whole story right but there are a bunch of people working on the story for overwatch 2 they're like i don't want to just spoil this entire story for them so yeah very interesting well i guess we'll see that with these other heroes that will be coming out uh during the beta time which hopefully there will be um all right let's talk about the only uh piece of team news we got which came today uh here on monday the 18th actually it's kind of a surprising release um and it is the florida mayhem releasing mirror uh mirror of course dps player for the la gladiators before this picked up this offseason by the florida mayhem uh and immediately dropped right before the season which is so sad because everyone was so excited to see him um albert yeah uh the president of uh misfits and gm of florida mayhem actually on twitter uh gave us a little thread on why exactly this happened which i think absolutely everyone was wondering why exactly this happened uh, and apparently it just has it, it's it is one of the first overwatch 2 related moves actually uh where they wanted to tweak the roster slightly because of, from what he's saying what I'm getting from what he's saying is basically Mirror fit a similar role to what they already had in Checkmate and uh, he mentions Kariv even um, are sort of covering the roles that Mirror would cover uh, but I guess a little better than Mirror uh, so apparently that's that's the main reason um, why Mirror's gone the other reason that maybe Albert cannot mention yet is there's a rumor that Florida Mayhem are picking up Exe and he is returning to the league um, on the Florida Mayhem. A lot of people are speculating, oh, well, maybe they just needed to free up some money here um, and get Exe. Uh, so that could be the reason why, but right now the only reason we know why is apparently Mirror, Mirror just doesn't fit on this roster right now. Um, what are your thoughts on that, Joe? I mean, I think a lot of us thought Mirror would be great going in Overwatch too, right? Like, he's been super flexible in the past. Yeah, uh, Mirror was definitely, you know, one of the one of the bright spots. Um, I, know, I know we talked about Florida either last week or two weeks ago um, on our team previews. And yeah, Mirror was definitely one of the one of the solid positive things that I had um, uh, pointed out for this team. Um, but yeah, that's that's definitely interesting in terms of thinking about it in the context of uh, potentially a new signing. Because yeah, it's, we don't um, you know normally think about. Uh, talk about rumors and stuff uh, on on this show, but but yeah, the the, the XC uh, bringing him in would, would definitely make a lot of sense for that. Um, obviously, we haven't seen XC in a while um, in the league, but I'm sure he's still quite good. Um, uh, but yeah, on the other hand, it'd be interesting to see uh, what ends up happening with Mirror because yeah, I think um, particularly you know we've seen a lot of his his hero pool over the last I don't know a couple seasons, season and a half. Um, and I think that can can really be valuable for a team. It's just a matter of figuring out you know which one and how and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, to me it's just surprising that like I don't know. Albert mentions that it seems like Checkmate and Kariv are sort of filling Mirror's role better than Mirror would. It's surprising to me because in in my opinion, at least last year, I would rate Mirror a little higher than Checkmate and Kariv. Obviously, Checkmate last year was his rookie year. And this is like gonna be his first, you know, year getting a bit older here in the league, so maybe he's doing better. But yeah, I think Kariv's been on the 
downtrend. So I'm, I'm mostly surprised about that. Albert does mention also that he is confident Mirror is going to be able to find a new team in NA since he has a green card. He's and he's in NA already. So um, it seems like Albert's confident Mirror will find a new spot. Hopefully he will because I, I I agree with Albert. I do think he belongs on a team somewhere. So dang, yeah, a little bit of a surprising. Uh, Drop here. We'll we'll keep you all updated. Updated, of course, if XZ ends up on this Florida Mayhem roster as well. Um, but yeah, it's it, that's all we got for news, Joe. So I guess we'll just run into um, some more team previews this week. We're actually doing four teams uh, to to get ready and prepare um, for for the season because we're almost there and we we still have how many teams do we have left to cover what two, we have 10 teams left to cover we've only done half of them joe so we got to get going oh yeah because uh because then we'll do uh power rankings and stuff too at the end so and yeah, it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be full but it's gonna be good yeah lots lots to talk about and this is we've been doing it in the order of like reverse order of the standings basically from last year so we're really getting into the teams now that performed very well last year um, so that's super exciting to, to take a look at them. Um, so let's start over in the APAC region with our one APAC team we are previewing this week, and it is the Seoul Dynasty. Uh, the Seoul Dynasty, of course, uh, did pretty well last year, actually. Um, pr- did pretty well for themselves, for sure. Um, and, you know, they weren't, they didn't obviously match getting to the grand finals like they did in 2020. Um, I don't think I expected them to. I don't think a lot of people expected them to. So um, I think people were pleasantly surprised with uh, their season. This is Seoul has been consistently like at the top for sure uh, for a while now, and they continue to do it last year. Um, but now they're going to try to take that step and try to get that first championship here for the Seoul Dynasty, of course. Um, there was a good amount of changes here. Uh, in the offseason for for the Seoul Dynasty, but they did end up keeping a good amount of players as well. Uh, They kept fits, they kept profit, and they kept creative. Uh, Obviously, if you're a Seoul Dynasty fan, three three names you do like to see on this roster still. Um, They did end up losing Sabilby to retirement. Um, Marvel headed over to the Boston Uprising, and Animo's on the Florida Mayhem now. Jester also retired, and 2U uh, was dropped as well, did not find a new team. And then as far as pickups go, they picked up Stalker, they picked up Smurf, and they picked up uh, Vindame. Um, so those were their three pickups. They've got a team of six here, Joe. Um, they also, Toby is now their head coach. Um, so that that is another pickup. But first, we got to go over players you're most looking forward to watching here, Joe. Um, of those six, Fitz, Profit, Creative, Stalker, Smurf, Vindame, who are you most looking forward to watching on this team? Yeah, I think my uh, my answer here, um, I, I think it's going to have to be Smurf, honestly. Um, uh, coming, obviously, from San Francisco Shock, um, and we will, I believe, be getting into them later this this season. But, you know, their tank lines got shaken up a lot. Um, and now Smurf is, is coming over here, jumping into um, uh, jumping into Jester's shoes. I mean, that's, um, you, you know, coming alongside, um, uh, like we are talking about, Profit and, and, and players like that. Um, but this is so it's a big jump for him, but I think um, he's really got the potential to um, to find good success with this roster. So that's definitely going to be um, definitely going to be one of the places I'm looking for for uh, Seoul. 
Yeah, I think that's a great place to look. No doubt about it. Um, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll just, I'll do, I'll say profit. Who is going into what, like his fifth year? Obviously, the same amount as as the league. Uh, been here the whole time, um, and he's been great every single year. I, I'm just waiting for that year where he really can carry during the regular season as well as the playoffs because we know playoff profit exists. We know how good he is. Um, last year, I mean, I guess they technically didn't make playoffs. They lost in play-ins, and I guess play-in profit isn't a thing. Uh, they, lost, they lost the play-in to Philly Fusion, of course. I ended up not making the playoffs. I'm sure if they were in playoffs, playoff profit would have been there for sure. Um, but yeah, my eyes are on profit who they are. Um, they don't necessarily need to depend on because they do have uh, three DPS and stalker fits and profit. Uh, but I'm sure they will be because he's he's a veteran talent here and he's so good. Uh, my eyes are on him. I think he he steps up in the regular season. He keeps he, he's as if he's as consistently good as he is in playoffs. Usually, I think that's what takes Seoul to the next level and that's what gets them competing with Shanghai. Um, competing with Chengdu, competing with these top teams more consistently. I mean, of course, they went 12-4 and four last year, which was fantastic and didn't end up making making playoffs, which is sad. Um, but apparently they need to do even better. Um, and I think they can. Um, all right. I just mentioned a joke. They went 12-4 and four last year with this team of six, with the new head coach and Toby. Um, what are your thoughts on this Seoul Dynasty team in comparison to last year? Do you think they can top that 12 and 4 third place finish in APAC? Um, more importantly, do you think they can make the playoffs this time around? Because uh, last time, I guess they they missed out uh, by losing to the Philly Fusion in that play in. So, uh, what do you think this roster can do this year, Joe? Yeah, I think. Um uh, probably my assessment here for for the the off season um, here the Soul Dynasty is sort of kind of neutral uh, in terms of um, where I can see um, where I can see performance happening um, th- that you know we talked about um, the effect that uh, New York leaving the division uh, can have on all of our teams in the East um, just making it that much more difficult to. Uh, to, to try to make a name for yourself, you got fewer matches. You got um, more uh, more competition to be seen more often. Uh, you know, so there'll be things like that to run into. Um, but that being said, yeah, I think um, I, I think Seoul can very confidently um, hang with um, the, the the vast majority of, of these Eastern teams. I think it's fair to say. Um, the, you know, we know we know Shanghai is going to be explosive. Uh, uh, we know teams like Chengdu and Philly are, are still going to be uh, right up there, but but particularly um, uh, particularly with those last two, I, I think um, definitely we can count Seoul in there as well. That's um, uh, the, the, yeah, I anticipate them to be to be right there um, in in the hunt for for lots of the things that are are going to go on in the East. Yeah, I think it's absolutely fair to say that. I think. Smurf is such a big pickup here. Having that talent there, I think depending on him as your only tank is a bit scary uh, because I think in general everyone agrees like depending on one main tank is might be a bit rough here for this Overwatch 2 season. But yeah, I think Soul still should be able to compete. Uh, If you've listened to the podcast before, you know I have like 
pretty high opinions on on some of the changes like Spark and um, Charge made this off season, uh, and we haven't we haven't looked at some of these other teams yet quite yet and Fusion as well. We haven't looked at like Valiant Hunter stuff like that, but I, I do think this is going to be um, more competitive there at the bottom. Some of those bottom teams are going to be more competitive this year, and I don't know if Soul has made enough to really jump ahead of what they did last year, unfortunately. So I am going to have Soul right now doing maybe a little bit worse than they did last year, unfortunately, um, for them, which, you know, very sad. Uh, but, yeah, Soul Dynasty, good team, but, yeah, a lot of, a lot of other good teams here in APAC. All right, let's – how about giving us an offseason grade? What do you think of their moves this offseason, Jay? They had some retired players, unfortunately, in there. Um, dropped Marvel to you, Animo. Um, added Stalker, Smurf, Vindame. Kept Fitz, Profit, Creative. What do you think of their moves? Was this the right direction for this for this uh, franchise, Joe? What grade would you give their offseason? Yeah, and I um, sort of alluded to it again, I think. But yeah, I think this is relatively positive uh, for, for what we've got going here for Seoul. Um, um, like you talked about with the loss of, of some some key players there uh, in gesture and Sabi will be um, um, but able to be um, uh, filled in you know adding adding stalker you know to, to jump in and and try to prove that DPS role um, appropriate there but but yeah pulling in Smurf uh, he's got lots of potential um, that yeah maybe he maybe he didn't have uh, a lot of opportunity to exercise is probably fair to say um, on the San Francisco Shock, but um, um, yeah, overall solid. I think they they had a good understanding of of um, uh, what they were trying to build. It's probably fair to say, uh, and it helps that you know former uh, former alumni uh, uh, Toby is now here coaching. So, um, um, but yeah, so for for a grade, I think yeah, so they get a solid B. I think for me. Um, Hopefully, I've got some kind of grading consistency for week to week, but, um, uh, but yeah, solid B from this offseason for sure. Um, and I'm excited to see, um, where, where they end up shaking out. I'm right with you on a solid B, Joe. I think, uh, I think maybe you lose some pieces there, but I don't think you lose anyone like too bad. I think Smurf is like a clear upgrade over like Marvel. Um, you know, I, th- I think Gesture is on his way out. Anyways, he retired. It doesn't matter too much. Anima was good, but I don't think you'll miss him too much. I, I think overall, Soul got some pretty decent players to fill the South. Stalker should be good. Hopefully, Vindam I don't know too much about. But, yeah, I think keeping these players, you got Fitz and Profit who are still competing at a high level. Creative still competing at a high level. I, I think this is the way you go. It's not overly impressive, Uh but I will give it a B. I guess we should mention, Joe, there's a big name here missing that was supposed to be here, and that was Jonak, um, who unfortunately had to drop out here uh, from the team due to, I believe, injury, right? Yeah, injury or mental or physical health or maybe yeah. both. But um... so, Something with his health. Health about In February, he, he dropped out uh, from the team. Um I'll ask you, I mean, next we usually talk about 5v5, but I kind of want to just talk about Jonak and what you think, how big of a difference this makes not having Jonak on the squad, Joe. How much better 
do you think the Seoul Dynasty team would be if they were able to keep him? That's a good question, and a lot of that, um, a lot of that's uh, really is a question about. Um, uh, the, the, you know, Jonak as a player and the that kind of individual carry potential uh, that we saw a lot in uh, early seasons of of New York, um, and then uh, n- notably last season, I think it would be fair to say um, um, Jonak really wasn't a, a carrier, wasn't able to um, come together and carry the rest of of this New York roster that he was a part of. Um, and not even necessarily a bad thing on him, but just you know that there's that gets more difficult um, <laughs> when you uh, have a, a New York season four roster versus a New York season one roster, um, and uh, the, you know so as far as that goes, that the 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 individual um, the, the individual potential in the way that. Uh, his team was able to handle him last year uh, was certainly different and and to a, a probably a smaller degree than we have seen out of Jonak. Um, uh, but so I mean that being said, I I would not be surprised at all. Um, or you know I, I'm 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 not afraid to speculate that probably Seoul um, would have would have thought to take a similar approach and would have would have prepared to. Um, to to make the the kind of you know it's probably a meme at this point in like you know analyzing whatever but to, to, you know to put the kind of Jonak investment into um, into him in the support role um, that he needs to have those kind of returns so uh, all that to say that yeah I think he I think he would have been a, a really good important piece here for Seoul um, um, and and so it, it remains to be seen how big of of a loss he is but i think if he were to have been on the team he definitely would have been a big asset uh i think is is what i'm trying to say yeah i'm right there with you i i don't think it's he's a big name um he wasn't able to carry new york last year so i don't think jonak would have been made made like an insane difference on this team but i think he would have been helpful obviously um i I, yeah i don't I, i don't think this is like as world ending for the Seoul dynasty as some people might think it is. Um, I think they still got a solid squad here for sure. Uh, they'll miss Jonak, but I don't think they'll miss him like too much, to be honest. I think, I think they'll still be good. Um, anything to mention about their overwatch two play? I mean, I mentioned earlier that they only have Smurf. They only have a main tank there. Um, they have three DPS. They cover both main and flex support. But if there's a double flex support meta, they might be in a bit uh, of trouble here, Joe. Um, anything else to add for this Overwatch two performance for Soul? Uh, yeah, I think um, like like we've been we've been talking about lots of these lots of these points go together. But yeah, just in terms of. Uh, I, I think um, you're really gonna have to coalesce around uh, around Smurf, and Smurf is gonna um, uh, have some. Well, I, I don't want to say he's gonna have some growing to do because that sounds, um, you know, that <laughs> sounds a little diminutive for him. But um, that he's uh, he, he's definitely gonna need to be a strong core, and so to to watch that development is gonna be um, is definitely gonna be entertaining. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. Um, all right, well, that's that. We'll, we'll end it there on Seoul. I think Seoul, we both agree, Seoul's still going to be competitive this year for sure. So, Dynasty fans will be happy. 
Um, all right, let's move on to back to over to NA with we got three teams here that you know didn't really finish at the top, but they were still super competitive last year um, and had some of the best rosters out there, finishing fourth through sixth for all these. So let's start with that sixth place sixth place finisher in the Washington Justice, uh, going nine and seven. Everyone had massive expectations for this team going into last year, Joe. I think Joe, I think you had them very high in your power rankings, if I recall. Um, I think we both were, I mean, they had so much talent on that team. Um, and I think that's the big story going into this year for everyone is like, okay, it still seems like they have good talent going into this year, but I'm scared to, I'm scared to say they're going to be good because then I might look stupid. They might do the same thing as last year. Right, Joe? Um, but yeah, over the overview for their off season is they kept decay. They kept mag and they kept assassin. Three players I think everyone would agree definitely worth keeping. And then they added Happy from the Houston Outlaws. They added Krillin, our, our boy, um, on the London Spitfire. I don't know where he was most recently. He was on T1 in Contenders. Um, he was once on the London Spitfire, not, then on T1. Then they added Opener um, from Contenders as well. They added Kalios, who used to be on the Boston Uprising uh, most recently. In contenders, and then they added uh, Vigilante, um, who is underage until July, uh, but is a very highly skilled uh, flex support uh, player who they'll have on their roster when he's ready and old enough. Um, all right, Joe, give me a, give me a player to who you most looking forward to watch out of those eight players right there that they have this year. Yeah, that's that's a good question. Uh, I haven't given uh, I haven't given this roster a lot of thought since they've uh, been able to put together. But, um, but yeah, I think you're you're right. There's a lot of um, a lot of big um, bright points in this roster um, that now have you know been made some changes around them, and so um, the the trick is going to be to see how how they're still able to shine and, and to what degree and to um, the, all that with some of these other changes. So again, thinking about, um, for example, the the weird DPS um, um, interaction that that was um, really a lot of the excuse me the, the balance of the questions and stuff about Washington last season. Um, I, I think that's uh, in some ways has been improved, and in some ways um, um, still some of the questions will be there uh, when we look at. Um, the, the trio of, of just decay assassin and happy um, I guess that's my answer there just for for how interesting that um, how interesting that dynamic is going to continue to be but because um, that was that was a, definitely a significant addition for him yeah I agree I think those are those are some big additions happy's a big addition right there and I think yeah definitely Jerry assassin decay was super interesting last year to watch and I think um, as well as tuba uh, I think it was interesting to watch, and I think a lot of people were like, why? Jerry was just often in over Decay, and Jerry wasn't doing bad, but he just wasn't bringing that carry role that Decay usually brings. And I think it's hard not to say Decay in Overwatch 2, where he's known as one of the best carries in League history. Maybe he had an off year last year, but back to Overwatch 2, this could be a big resurgence for him. I'll answer Mag just to differentiate myself from Joe. Because I think Mag was the most hyped up player coming into last offseason as far as rookies go. 
and he didn't live up to that. He did well, especially on Winston and especially earlier in the year. But he he did not live up to the best rookie for sure. Um, so I, I'm looking towards him this year. They kept him, of course, on this roster. It's him and Kalios working in that tank role uh, and switching, I imagine. Kalios is a very flexible player, but I, I still I'm looking forward to seeing Mag and how he fits into the team this year. Um, and if everyone around him is performing better, because I really do think that support line last year for the Justice was bad. I don't know if Krillin opener and eventually Vigilante can be better. Uh, but if they are, I think they can really help out players like Mag who, and the DPS players who I think really fell short because of that pretty bad support line last year, in my opinion. Um, all right, speaking of last year, Joe, last year, as I mentioned, they finished six. They went nine and seven. Um, they ended up exiting the playoffs with two losses in a row after uh, they qualified via play-ins, of course. Um, they lost 3-1 to the Dallasville, then 3-0 to the Atlanta Reign, and they said bye to the playoffs. And yeah, this overall, this team, I think, was expected to be top three in A, at least for a lot of people. They ended up going top six, exiting playoffs pretty early with probably one of the most talented rosters in the league last year. Is this team more talented? Do you think they can at least do better than a 9-7-6 place finish, Joe? Yeah, that is the question. <laughs> I, I think um, uh, I, I think my, my assessment so far here, I think um, it partly is based on um, is based on, on some of this last season's um, performance, like you were talking about, that, that we were um, both pretty high. I'm sure I was higher on them even than you were, uh, would be my guess. Um, in the preseason rankings, and it was because of a lot of those um, um, significant individuals uh, that really didn't get much of a chance in some ways uh, to, to show off very much or, or to, to really um, uh, reach some of that explosive point. And so, um, we, we, yeah, so with a similar roster now, obviously uh, some, some important changes I, I would love to see um, a, a better... Uh, a, a more a more actualized Washington Justice, perhaps in in season five, um, uh, but I think um, without without some extra effort there, I'm not sure. Um, I, I don't know how um, I don't know how much higher above that they can uh, expect to be. Yeah, no, I I'm just I'm not investing in this team again. I'm not I'm not I'm not gonna let them trick me. I, I, I'm gonna say they're gonna do about the same, Joe. I don't think they made significant upgrades. Like, the support line, I think Krillin's okay. I don't think he's great. I don't know much about Opener or Vigilante, but I don't. I really don't know how big of an upgrade the support line is from, of course, Bebe and Closer last year, who weren't great. Um, Bebe did end up on the Shanghai Dragons, of course, in the offseason, but Closer nowhere. Yeah, I... I can't say I think this is a significant upgrade. I think, once again, like, I think we were complaining about last year when they picked up Jerry um, that this team didn't need DPS um, anymore. Like, they just had so many DPS players. Decay Assassin is just... You, you really don't need Happy there. And I kind of feel bad for Happy, who I think is was one of the best players last year. Um, I hope he can stand out and 
be a starter over those two or but but it really feels like a lot is covered with decaying assassin already so i think that's a little bit of a weird pickup for me and yeah overall like i just i'm not too impressed by the justice i think they still will be very competitive of course and i think i think about six places where i would have them again to be honest that's not my official power ranking yet but i i think about where they were last year is probably where they'll end up again um how about off-season grade joe do you think i mean obviously a pretty disastrous year as far as expectation going from those ex- huge expectations to end up ending up going nine and seven and exiting the playoffs right away. Do you think like blowing up most of this roster was the move because they got rid of uh, tuba closer, Jerry Bebe and fury five of their players last year. They only kept three into K Megan assassin um, of course. And then uh, coachings all the same uh, besides they picked up Ty Dalla uh, as an assistant coach who was an assistant coach for the gladiators last year. Um, so as far as off-season grade, Joe, do you think they made the right moves here? What grade would you give them? Yeah, I think um, you, you mentioned you, you know trying to blow up last season's roster, and and definitely, uh, I think a lot of the a lot of the pieces they lost um, were not um, uh, not not so devastating. Obviously, um, with with some personal bias, I think Fury was was significant. Uh, and obviously got got picked up now by Philly um, uh, to, to rejoin that team. Um, uh, Jerry obviously was was also a, a, a significant part of that team, but not um, you know not like um, not not as much as predicted is probably fair to say. Um, um, but, but yeah, with with the the roster we're looking at now and the, the kind of connections that we're having. Um, um, yeah, I think it's is definitely not so bad. It's, it's as far as uh, uh, an off season grade. I don't know. Um, <laughs> they land on. Um, yeah, I don't know because again, a lot of it just comes from being uh, another <laughs> relatively neutral, um, neutral uh, a roster difference. I think, and so so there's there's value to that. Um, but that's uh, I, I say like a like a B minus or something. It'll be my my assessment here, um, and I and I hope they're able to again come to the the uh, actualization of of um, the the predictions that they've had even you know in past seasons. Yeah, I, I'll go with. Uh... I'll go with the B. I think I, I got to give them credit for at least dropping that roster because I think there are a lot of teams who might say, "No, we have so much talent. Let's just keep, let's keep as much as we can." Um, and I think they kept the three right players. I think the three exact right players. I think Fury would have been a great keep, keep like you mentioned, Joe. But um, maybe he just didn't fit on this roster. Maybe he just didn't fit with these these players. Um, but yeah, Fury might have been a better keep. But I think you keep the three players. You definitely should keep Decay Mag Assassin. Um, as far as additions go, that's like where I don't agree with some of these additions. I don't know. How, I, I'm very skeptical on Krillin and Kalios, to be honest. Um, I don't know how good either of them are going to be or how much you will even be using Kalios. Um, I think Happy's a great player, but once again, like I mentioned earlier not not a big fan of his landing spot here for him 
Um, so yeah, I'll I'll go ahead and get a, give it a B. I do think there were some great things they did this offseason. Some other ones I'm skeptical on. I do think they still could pay out, pan out for sure. Um, so I'll go. I'll give the Justice B just like I gave the Dynasty. As far as Overwatch Two goes, what do you what do you think about this roster, Joe? It is a it's a bigger roster, which usually definitely helps. If there is a double flex support meta, they don't have Vigilante till July, so I guess they're hoping that's when it is going to happen. <laughs> um, so maybe that's the one place they don't have clear. They have an off tank and, an, and a main tank. Um, they're looking pre- pretty good for Overwatch 2, wouldn't you say, Joe? Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely the uh, uh, definitely the flexibility is good. We've talked about... Um, don't know i can i don't know if i can specifically mention or i uh, think off the top of my head of other teams that are going with this big roster uh maybe boston if i remember right has has a, a little bit inflated above that six but yeah i think that's um uh definitely gonna be definitely gonna be a benefit for them absolutely yeah i agree well i i will mention as well like this is another team that has fantastic and a, a, a fantastic carry player in Decay, and I think he will benefit from Overwatch 2. I'm looking for a little bit of resurgence after last year. He, You know, we expected Decay to be like a consistent like MVP caliber player because that's what he was before. 2021, I don't think he was exactly at those, at those heights, and I believe Overwatch 2 could bring him back there for sure. So I'm looking forward uh, to seeing Decay in Overwatch 2. Uh, that's it for our Washington Justice preview. Let's move on to the Houston Outlaws, um, who had one of their best seasons yet, um, uh, going 11-5. and five, And honestly, it, it finished very disappointingly for a lot of people because uh, they, they were at the top of the standings throughout the first half of the season. And then the second half, they just fell apart, Joe. Uh, especially, they didn't even make playoffs. They lost in the play-ins. Um, mm-hmm. Two two teams like the Justice. I can't remember who exactly they lost to. Um, I don't know. But, yeah, they ended up not making the playoffs. So, um, sad for them, especially after that amazing start to the season for the Houston Outlaws team. Um, they did make a lot of moves in the offseason, which is sad. We did just mention Happy, who was uh, one of the best players on the Outlaws last year, unfortunately, moving over to the Justice. Crimzo, who uh, honestly I think had his best year yet, uh, moved to the Boston Uprising in the offseason. They lost Juby, who was a rookie they had last year. Jangu ended up retiring. KSF ended up retiring. Um, and then Dreamer ended up leaving too. So they lost a lot of a lot of players from this roster, Joe. Um, but they did end up keeping Dante Piggy. Dante, who has been on this roster since 2018. And then Piggy, who I think a lot of people... A lot of people expected Jangu to actually be the best rookie on the team, and I think Piggy, Piggy ended up stealing that from him for sure. Uh, but then they ended up getting some great pickups to to join um, join Dante and Piggy, and specifically in the first one, Pelican, who was the best rookie last year on the Atlanta Reign uh, and did fantastic with them, joining the Houston Outlaws DPS line. Then you got Iris, who also was on the Atlanta Reign, um, that, that flex support uh you got lastro joining from uh toronto defiant i believe was was the team he was on last year yeah um yeah, that's right yeah and then they got merit um who was their i guess their one rookie this year 
who is coming over from O2 Blast and has a lot of, he was once on Runaway as, as well, a lot of hype around around Merritt, um, who was old enough to join, or turned 18, turned 19 last year. So he was old enough to join last year, uh, but finally making his Overwatch League debut this year um, after he got picked up earlier this year in January. Uh, out of those six players, who are you most looking forward to watching to, Joe? Yeah, I think uh, one of the uh, we're looking forward to watching, uh, particularly for uh, you know, as a Houston outlaw now, um, is uh, I'm definitely going to be having my eyes on Pelican. Um, obviously, a real big part, uh, real big part of Atlanta Rain last last season. Um, even you know, right all the way to the end of it, right to the end of the season, um, playing remotely on in playoffs and all this kind of stuff. Um, it was definitely a big part for them, and so you know, presumably, uh, will be another big part of, of what Houston's able to do. Yeah, I think that's a great choice. Obviously, um, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll mention the support lineup. Iris Lastro. I think Iris um, did really well on the Atlanta Rain last year, uh, for sure. Um, and then Lastro, I think he's been consistently sort of falling off a little by little each year here but obviously at one point he was he's pretty good for the for the valiant and um i think he provides a lot but i I think i think the addition of iris is pretty big here for the houston outlaws could be a big part of this roster Uh, as far as team performances go team performance goes i mentioned they went 11 and 5 they got fifth and it was really the end of the season that that caused all this um call caused some some awful hurt to some of these outlaws players here because they did really well at the beginning of the season. Do you think um, with this roster now, Joe, they can they can have that stronger finish end up in playoffs with this roster? Uh, have they made the right moves? Do you think they do better than last year, Joe? Yeah, I think that's a good question. Um, and and if, if that were to happen, I think a lot of that has to come from, uh, I think out of the three roles, uh, a lot of that has to come from the DPS line. Um, I think that's going to be um, I think that's going to be the, their strength uh, for the Houston Outlaws. Uh, looking at again Dante and Pelican and Merritt uh, in that role, um, but that's not to say um, you know that's that's not to say that there are necessarily glaring weaknesses in in the other roles. But um, um, yeah, as far as as far as improving there, um, again with the the caveat that we haven't uh, officially done our power rankings yet, and so there's. Um, uh, it's it's hard to you know envision how uh, things may actually uh, settle down once that happens. But um, they're, they're not a team that um, is jumping out to me. I don't think in terms of um, really solid, um, uh, really, really solid, significant improvements at this point. Um, you know, nothing. I think I think overall getting better. Yes, um, and and. Uh, and and having some some positive things, but, uh, the, but yeah, I think the the kinds of the kinds of jumps that you really want um, to to jump up uh, into being a top team, um, the the question uh, may or may not be there in terms of in terms of how the performance comes out. Yeah, I agree. I think, like you mentioned, I think expectations for this team much lower than. Then they were, I guess last year they weren't too high either, to be honest. I don't think too many people were very high on this team going into last season, and they ended up just exploding out the gate 
um, and looking really good, beating the San Francisco Shock right away, and everyone was like, oh, this is really... Because everyone was buying into some scrim bucks there at the end of people saying Houston might be the best team in NA based off scrims, and we haven't got any scrim bucks yet, quite yet. I doubt we will because the meta is probably changing an insane amount uh, over this past month in Overwatch 2, so I doubt anyone knows exactly who the best team is, even if you've been watching scrims. Um... But yeah, it's hard for me. I agree with you, Joe. It's hard for me to think this team could be better. There are some downgrades here, and you are just depending fully on Piggy. I mean, of course, you could pick up other players in the middle of the season. But right now, you're you're telling me you're just going to depend on Piggy to be your only main, your only tank here. Um, which I think Piggy's a great player, but yeah, once again, like having one tank, I think definitely is going to hurt some of the, some of these teams. So. Yeah, I can't see Houston Outlaws doing better than they did last year with this roster, to be honest. Um, all right, offseason grade. I mentioned all the moves they made this offseason. They unfortunately, you know, they had a very talented team last year, I think, that ended up just collapsing there at the end. Um, and they lost, like I mentioned, a bunch of good players here. Joe Jongu, Juby, Crimzo, um, Happy, Dreamer, a lot of players here that... You know, they used a lot last year, especially, honestly, Dreamer, they started using a lot more towards the end of the year, too. Um, replacing them with Pelican, Iris, Lastro, Merritt, keeping Dante and Piggy. Um, and we haven't mentioned this yet, but Jake, uh, who did obviously play a pretty good, pretty big role last year, uh, actually playing the game, um, is officially just moving to an assistant coach and is no longer going to be a player. Um Joe, what would you give this team's off-season grade based off all these moves? Yeah, uh, yeah, off-season grade um, definitely, uh, definitely some significant losses. Um, we, we talked about um, we, already. We talked about Happy going to Washington. We talked about Crimson going to Boston. I mean, in, in particular, um, both of those were significant differences. Um, significant differences for Houston. Um, and yeah, the the tank line for Piggy, I think. Um, if you were gonna lean on on one tank player or the other, um, I, I would probably myself prefer um, the the off tank over the main tank, uh, just based on what we've seen other teams doing, and potentially that logic of being a little bit more flexible with the um, with the, uh, the the tank role. That's going to be pretty significantly changed. Um, um, but yeah, the, the you know the, you're, you are uh, limited a little bit in that way, so that's that's reasonable. Um, um, but yeah, as far as an offseason grade, I'm trying to uh, compare now to the teams we looked at in in Seoul and Washington. I think uh, I think Houston is more similar to to Seoul this offseason. Um, uh, they in Washington, I think, relatively positive. Um, no no significant complaints. Uh, I don't think for this roster. Um, uh, but it's they've they've just got a lot to uh, a lot to live up to um, as as the season commences. Yeah, I agree. I, I've given everyone B's today. I'll give them a I'll give them a B minus. I think it's my least impressive off season out of the three teams we've talked about today so far. Um, I'm not like overly impressed with their pickups this this off season, which is sad. This is like according to league history, Toronto and them are like the two least successful teams overall who basically have just never made playoffs i don't think so um it's sad to see that they didn't really go too all out or didn't try to keep more players from last year to be honest 
Uh, I still think this team could definitely be successful, but I think they could have done a little bit more. And I honestly, I think Jake provided a pretty big role last year actually playing. I, I think he'll still be a great assistant coach, but I think having him there and having that leader was actually pretty big. So I, I think they might miss him as a player, to be honest. Um, but it is really hard for me to like, you'll see in my power rankings probably, it's going to be hard for me to like place this team below people when they still have Junk Buck, Junk Buck as their head coach. Um, who is very very successful as a coach, I believe. So, um, and we forgot to mention they did add uh, Bishu to the staff as well, uh, manager of player operations and content. So he'll he'll be around as well. Very interesting. Um, anything to say about this team with Overwatch Two, Joe? I all I have to say is I'm worried about Piggy and Pelican. I think will thrive in Overwatch Two. I'm excited to see him. Um, any anything from you, Joe? Um, yeah, no, I think that's um, I think that's, that's definitely definitely accurate. Like I said, I think the the DPS line is is going to be just jumping out, um, uh, jumping out in, into things for for uh, Houston, and it may end up being to their benefit that well, no, <laughs> I was going to make a Jake joke, uh, but I guess I guess it was uh, support that I might. It's a support play that I might have said that about that it may be to their benefit that, that they don't have to have they don't have to play Jake on support but regardless <laughs> Dante Pelican and Merit it's gonna be good that's that's what I'm uh, that's what I'm trying to say yeah if they, they definitely can um, if Overwatch 2 just ends up being like it, it's all on the DPS like whoever has the better DPS wins definitely think outlaws are going to be competing with the top teams um but if you still need to have good supports and uh, a good tank that you know can play play all the roles then they might be a bit a little bit in trouble um let's move on to the shock our last team preview today they ended up finishing fourth going 12 and 4 this was first time and since season one that the shock um couldn't pull out the championship unfortunately or not since season one. Or, or, yeah, no, since season one. Um, they went 12-4, and four, um, and they ended up cleaning house. Um, they had a really talented team last year. Uh, this is shown by the fact that a lot of these players have, have ended up being on different rosters. Um, but, yeah, remember all those players they used to have? They kind of no longer have them. Um, Smurf, Ons, Twilight, Tayo, Nero, Glister, FD God, Choi Oban, all gone, all to various different places, a lot of them to different teams, some retiring, some going to contenders. And, of course, earlier this year, Super, or not earlier this year, literally like a couple of weeks ago, Super retiring as well. Um, and they are left with Violet. That's all they got. Um, and they ended up. Uh, the story of the shock this offseason, I think the biggest story, is they ended up partnering with O2 Blast. Um, before they did that, they picked up a bunch of players from O2 Blast um, in Proper, Finn, and Kilo. Um, then they ended up picking up two, uh, two American players in Kaluj and uh, SN, S9MM. Um, both uh, actually played for in college esports, Maryville esports for Collusion, uh, S9MM on Redbird esports. Of course, Redbird esports pretty nuts uh, last year. So, um, yeah, shock. Sort of completely rebuilding this roster. 
with uh you know they have a they have great gms great head coach and crusty still like and and they got some of the best talent here this offseason no doubt about that um joe out of those five new players in violet <laughs> who are you most looking forward to seeing play yeah it's it's definitely interesting it's been it's been a long time um in in the league time which is even longer in in real time um it's been a long time since we've um had a, a san francisco shock roster that wasn't um like 100 percent um um what's the word i'm trying to think of not not 100 percent um clear or, or laid out or i'm still not uh quite sure what i'm meaning to say but in terms of um uh we had literally a you know championship caliber players um that were being returned um season season on season um and, and to now have an off season here where where shock is is doing some significant rebuilding and, and finding new players and, uh, and and pulling up contenders talent in a way that we haven't seen in, in several seasons is definitely interesting um um, it, it, but yeah so in terms of players to watch i mean there's gonna be a lot because uh, like you mentioned this is um uh, the the only returning shock player on this roster is violet um um obviously um in terms of uh what am i trying to say in terms of the actual uh league itself and, and some of the some of the logic and perspective behind it um but i think uh, Kaluja is going to have one of the biggest uh, stories um, uh, for people to watch and pay attention to um, j just because of the, the circumstances surrounding his signing and all this kind of stuff um, uh, but in, ter in terms of the actual competition uh, I'm, I'm excited to see uh, to see the new DPS players uh, really come into their own they've been hyped up a lot um, uh, really a lot over this offseason uh, Kilo and Proper uh, and this 9mm uh, however they end up pronouncing it uh, on the broadcast yeah. um, <laughs> I'm looking forward to that yeah um, but, but yeah the 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 uh, the the addition of these players again and the the excitement that lots of people have I think that's um, that's um, help, help me look forward to it for sure yeah, it's hard not to just say everyone, right? They, especially Kilo and Proper, who are super hyped up O2 Blast duo. But I will, like you mentioned, Kaluj. My eyes are on him because he's got big, big, big shoes to fill in super. And now, like, you just have a lot on you now if you're Kaluj. Like, you're the only tank on this San Francisco Shock um, team with crusty coaching where there's like going to be a lot of pressure on this guy to replace super and to be as good as super could have been in that role that he was, he, he had on this team. So my eyes are on Kaluj. I, I do think he's talented seeing his, seeing some of the stuff in contenders, uh, seeing all the good teams he's been on all the first, second, thirds he has on his, on his uh, liquipedia page right now, like makes it seem like success follows this guy for sure. Um, He's part of goats at one point. I mean, this. Yeah, I, I'm excited to see uh, what happens with Kaluj. See if see if Kaluj can live up to this hype of uh, replacing Super here um, and filling those shoes. All right. As far as team performance goes, 12 and four, fourth place for the Shock last year. They did pretty well in the playoffs in comparison to their 
regular season in which they, um, you know, didn't do as well as they usually do. They didn't dominate the league, uh, which a lot of people expected them to, obviously. Um, it is worth mentioning, I guess, they had the best record in the NA last year at 12-4. and four. Um, They just didn't win. They didn't do well in the tournaments at all, Joe. They... They, they kind of did. They make any? I don't think they even made any. Um, I don't think they made it to yeah. any tournaments throughout the year. I think I remember them just not being able to make it. Um, because that was a big thing with the Houston Outlaws too. Yeah, that was a big thing with the Houston Outlaws too. They both just the Shock and Outlaws just like could not really make it far in these tournaments, um, and couldn't get the points from them. So, um, yeah, uh, Shock. Best record in NA last year, but they didn't have any points from tournaments to show to get them up into that top three. They did super well in the playoffs. They ended up, uh, I guess, technically getting fourth overall in the playoffs as well and losing to the Atlanta Reign uh, there at the end. Um, with this brand-new roster, Joe, do you think they can lo- – is it fair to put the expectations of 12-4 and four and uh, fourth place to this young roster? Do you think they can live up to that and get – the shock right back to where they were before i i think if if anybody can can you know whip them into that kind of shape I, it's crusty <laughs> i yeah, think that's true uh not not at all a uh uh not at all a shocking thing to say not a surprising thing to say um um but yeah that, that this is something that uh like i mentioned that this 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 franchise hasn't had to do in quite a while um and that's uh, it, it's got to be daunting, I think, a little bit, um, uh, in terms of, of trying to trying to bring together these players to have that kind of a season. Uh, I'm, I'm sure they're going to do well, um, um, and, and and probably even do well for uh, for North America in terms of like um, not just going to be like oh you know doing well, although they have these rookies and whatever. But like uh, I'm sure they'll be competitive even. Uh, it's fair to say, but yeah, to 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 uh, finish it all out, uh, best record in in North America, um, maybe maybe a little more interesting. Yeah, I I've been racking my brain over this team, Joe, because I I do think they have some of the best rookie pickups this offseason by far. Like, if there were any team that could live up to that to that twelve and four record and one of the best teams in the league once again. Um, with a rookie squad, it would be this one right here, right? Like, they're good, and they got crusty coaching them, like you mentioned. But I then think about, like, um, the expectations we put on the shock from last year, um, and honestly, like, and, and those weren't even rookies, right? They were all returning players, returning talent that they sort of grabbed from other teams that, like, FD got and all these players that ended up just not living up to the usual San Francisco shock hype. And maybe I just don't want to like put pressure on. I I doubt any of these players listen to our podcast, Joe. But maybe I just don't want to put pressure on them. I'll get I'll lower my expectations for this team. This is a team of rookies. This isn't the back to back championship San Francisco Shock roster anymore. Um, I'll lower my expectations. I think it's unfair, and it I don't think we should have expectations through the roof for these people. Um, I think it, it's most likely that this team of rookies does a little worse than than the Shock did last year. I think they can perform well. And I think they can compete with top teams probably. 
but I don't know if they'll get that consistency that the old San Francisco Shock teams were able to have because they have veteran talent. Uh, unless Violet can just outright carry this team and do that. Um, I, I think these rookies are probably going to slip up, up at some points, unfortunately. Um, all right, how about offseason grade, Joe? Was it the right move? Was it time for San Francisco to clean house? I think that's the biggest question because they had so much talent there that just, you know, the expectations for the shock at 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 this point last year was like three-peat or nothing, right? Like if they don't win again, that's a huge disappointment for this team. And I think they took that to heart in that they were like, okay, this team's not going to win us a championship. You're all gone. Like they got fourth place, Joe, right? Like would you what would what offseason grade would you give them? Was this the right move to just completely rebuild um, from only Violet and Super technically? Um, but now they only have Violet remaining on this roster. Uh, what grade would you give the shock for these big moves this offseason? Yeah, I think that's um, uh, it's definitely definitely a uh, significant way to to interpret what we saw from this offseason. Um, I, I a lot of it was um, or what feels like a lot of the changes. Um, to to the shock over this offseason um were uh, really from the retirements that we saw whether that's um you know super and Choi in particular um um uh is, yeah super and Choi in particular because with lots of these other players going to lots of other different teams um um but yeah at the same time that that a there was definitely more than uh, just those kind of changes that we that we ran into in the off season. But um, um, where am I going with that? Uh, we, we, <laughs> I was trying to talk about um, the the off season, and yeah, that I think um, I, I think your point about uh, one of the best teams in terms of. Um, the the players and the talent they are able to to pull up and to call up from uh, contenders and this kind of stuff. Like yeah, I think there's uh, you're going to be hard pressed to find uh, a team with um, as they call it in um, in like uh, college sports. So, you know, you know, a team with a, a higher rated you know recruiting class <laughs> than um, the San Francisco Shock. Uh, and yeah, it's definitely it's definitely going to be some um, a really different picture I think that we've seen uh, from this team in a while for sure. But um, that's not to to discount their offseason. I don't think really at all. Yeah, I I got to be honest. I I don't know. This is a big move, obviously, big offseason, and I, I I agree with it. I agree with the moves, which is it's hard to say because there's a lot of talent here, but. I do think if they would have kept them, I don't know if I see the shock doing better than they did last year. I think maybe they take another step down because these older players, you know, it's hard for them that they've all reached their peak. It's hard for them to continue doing as well as they used to do uh, on that roster. I, I think, I think San Francisco and this whole organization really knows esports and Overwatch League well. They know when it's time to move on, uh, and unfortunately, it was just time to move on. And try rebuilding, try uh, getting a new squad 
um, that can repeat once again. And I believe they have the talent here to eventually do that. Uh, maybe not this year, but down the line, uh, this this team has enough talent to do it. Do do that, I believe. So, yeah, um, interesting offseason for the Shock and big moves that they honestly weren't afraid to make. And I gotta give them credit for that. Uh, how about over? How about Overwatch Two? We haven't really seen these any of these guys play Overwatch One professionally in the Overwatch League yet, Joe. So we don't really we don't know much of how they would have done an owl on Overwatch One even. Um, but do you have any opinions on how you think the squad will do uh, in Overwatch Two? Do you think that might be um, you know a, a place where the team's not as successful? They do only have one tank in Kaluge, of course, as well. That do you think that hurts them? Um, yeah, I think um, in in that sense, I mean, you're right. Yeah, to, to make these these new additions in preparation for Overwatch Two, uh, I I definitely trust the um, uh, the the signing logic and the the scouting uh, that that Krusty is able to to come up with um, for this roster. That yeah, uh, I I can't imagine that it was. Um, or that this was a roster put together, um, you know, like uh, agnostic of Overwatch Two and some of the changes that they were expecting. Um, uh, now, that, now that the games come out, uh, I think you, you know, your your value is going to be on, um, you know, raw skill and, and good, um, good, good playmaking and good, good. Um, uh, game game logic, uh, and again, I think that's that's a, a place where uh, San Francisco traditionally does really well. Um, and so, yeah, as far as as far as that uh, transition into five v five goes, I think um, the <laughs> all of a sudden what comes into my head is the the like Thomas Edison quote about genius is ninety eight percent perspiration and two percent inspiration or whatever it is it's but but it's like yeah that i think um for a lot of these uh overwatch cts particularly really early season i think most of the success that you're going to find is just from from putting in the work and, and having the mechanics um to to hold your own while um everybody's trying to figure out the game on their own um and and that's that's somewhere we know that uh traditionally san francisco does really well yeah i think yeah, I think it'll be super interesting. I, I think having Krusty is a huge advantage, actually, like you mentioned here, for San Francisco Shock. Um, because, you know, this game might might be mechanically skilled at first. It might mostly depend on mechanics. But I really think Krusty can take a brand new game to a brand new level very quickly. And he can bring that team play. He can figure out what exactly the meta is in overwatch 2 what how exactly to be the best team in overwatch 2 so to, despite this being a young team like i mentioned like we mentioned this entire time having a veteran coach and having the best coach in the league in crusty um it might give san francisco a huge advantage in this new game no doubt um but all right yeah i that's our preview of the san francisco shock i'm super excited to see how they do i'm I'm going to be rooting for this for this for this team this year for sure. I think it'll be interesting to see what they can do. Um, all right, uh, anything else to mention here, Joe? Before we sign off, uh, yeah, I know. I think that's it. We got the, uh, uh, I believe the anniversary event has still got maybe one more week. Um, 
if I if I had to guess. Um, and obviously we'll be back with with more team previews next week, uh, which will be on Beta Eve. So that's yeah. very exciting. Beta Eve, wow. Um, yeah, <laughs> and then Overwatch League the week after. So two weeks away from the season starting. Insane. Uh, well, thank, thank you guys all for listening. If you want to follow us on Twitter, my Twitter's at JWGeorgeIV. Joe's is at Kirkpatrick underscore Inc. That's INC. And our show's Twitter is at OnTheFlankShow. You're listening to this in one way. If you want to listen to it in a different way, you can go to on-the-flank.podcast.co. Uh, we're on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play. Thank you guys for listening. Um, and we're getting there. We're close. 